it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Washington State is a mystery wrapped in an enigma, waving a flag. That's the best way I, 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 I don't know what's going on with Washington State. I thought just a couple of weeks ago, this could be a team that surprises everyone, shocks the world, challenges for the Pac-12 championship game berth, beat Oregon State 38-35 just, what, three weekends ago? Then they suddenly can't do anything. Or maybe they got figured out. Jake Dickert, Washington State coach, will be on tomorrow's show. I'll ask him. But in the meantime, I want to get a view from the press box. And there's nobody better covering this team than Greg Woods, who was there to see this team lose to Arizona in embarrassing fashion over the weekend. 44-6. 44-6. I didn't see that one coming. I thought Arizona would hang around, but Greg Woods, Spokesman Review, covers Washington State, is joining us. Uh, How early in that game, Greg, did did it feel to you like, uh uh-oh, something's not right with Washington State? Uh, Pretty early because, well, they opened with a touchdown on their very first drive, and then they go for two for God knows what reason. Uh, Don't get it. Uh, Arizona proceeds to go take the lead. And then Wazoo just keeps trying these, like, weird, creative plays, which, you know, have worked, but it felt a little too early in the game for those, and those got away from them. And then from there, it was kind of all downhill for them. Give me an idea of what you think is going on. Is it as simple as they've been figured out, or are they not executing? What do you see? Well, to me, the only thing that really matters with this team in terms of trying to get it turned around is can they run the ball? Uh, the answer for the past two weeks has been no. I mean, the, whole, the whole season has been the answer has been no. Um, but I think the last two games they've really struggled because UCLA figured this out, and then Arizona took a page out of their book, which which was to rush three and drop eight in coverage and make sure the Cam Ward to see nobody uh, down the field, um, which you know would be one thing. Um, but then, I mean, UCLA and Arizona got pressure with three, so it wasn't like you know Cam Ward is dropping back and seeing nobody like he's also getting pressure um even when these last two teams have only rushed three or four um so and so like i I just don't think anybody really respects their run game um and probably rightfully so and so i think like until they prove they can beat this this uh you know dollar package as uh you know they could call it i i don't think that uh it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough for sure the morale element uh, obviously there's a element here where this was a team that was flying high it was very much focused on us against the world that now seems to have shifted a little bit in your mind do you think jake dickert got away from making it about the opponent in the game and was there an emotional letdown or is that a reach no i think that's a little bit of a reach i i I think that he's always been kind of focused internally and you know you know what can we do to turn this around because I mean, truthfully, it hasn't really mattered, you know, in terms of the last two weeks, who they've been facing. Um, they really, you know, can, cannot hold up up front, you know, cannot run the ball. And so 
I think like in that way, he's, he's always been, you know, kind of focused internally and um, looking in the mirror and trying to figure out, you know, what, you know, what can we do with the team we have right now? Because, because um, like, you know, I kind of like you wrote about, I mean, this is not the NFL where you can just, you know, flip your left tackle for a new left tackle. You, you know, you can't, you know, get, get new draft picks and land, you know, a different quarterback. So I just think that like they realize you know, that kind of what they have is what they have. And so I, I think, he's, you know, he's, he's always got to focus, you know, on, on, you know, the team for sure probably rather not see Oregon in the wake of that especially Oregon coming off a loss how is Washington State feeling and and how does the how do these teams match up in your mind well I mean I think uh Oregon will probably do exactly what Arizona and UCLA did was you know like I said rush three or four and then jump everybody else in coverage um and I, I think that's the way to beat these guys right now because um, for them, the answer is to run the ball and, and, and do that in a way that, you know, where the, the, the defense feels like, you know, they need to crowd the box and bring their guys up. Otherwise, they're going to drop everybody else in coverage and force Cam Ward to make a, you know, a, a, you know, a bad throw or two like he did uh, against UCLA, like he did against Arizona. So I think that, like, yeah, I mean, Oregon obviously is, is a, t- you know, a, a tall task and definitely not the team you want to face coming off these two losses, but I think the opponent has not really mattered as much as like the schemes um, that they've rolled out, and, and right now these guys just have no answer for that right now. We're talking to Greg Woods, Spokesman Review, covers Washington State. Let's focus on Cam Ward. What was he doing early in the season maybe that you don't see consistently now? I think recently he's been a little bit more hesitant with the ball in his hands. It's not been coming out nearly as quickly. Um, which to me is a function of the defense is kind of adjusting to him. I mean, early in the season, um, teams were, I mean, he, was, you know, he was getting blitzed a lot more, um, you know, a lot, a lot more guys in the box. And so one, that forced him to get the ball out faster and, you know, he had more options downfield and whatnot. Um, but recently, like I said, they, uh, they're really daring them to run the ball and they're dropping everybody else in coverage. And, and so now, you know, he rolls out, and usually, you know, when he's getting blitzed or there's pressure, he can find somebody open on the run, which he is still awesome at. But when there's, you know, seven, eight guys that coverage down the field, I mean, you could have Randy Boss, you know, run around, and it's like, you know, good luck. I mean, <laughs> right. There's just not much you can do at that point. It's interesting because that, that dropping of eight, rushing of three, teams did that to Mike Leach. And when you don't have a run game or maybe you don't commit to running and hurting the team, it does – leave a quarterback sitting back there with nowhere to go with the football. Do, do you get a sense that Jake Dickert is going to try something new this week, given that the teams have adjusted to him? Yeah, that's, that's the whole thing is, like, what can you do? Like, I think if they had the answer, they would have shown it by now. I think, like, they have tried some things, like, last week. I mean, on Saturday, they um, they started a different – well, they, they moved their left guard to left tackle and bumped out their left tackle for the first half. Um, that did not go well because their left guard, Christian Hoborn, is more of a guard than a tackle. Um, so, I mean, they've tried some things on the offensive line um, to different results, and, 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 I mean, I feel like none of that has really had any material effect on how these games are going. Um, and so I, I, just, I just think that, like, you know, your guys are your guys, right? Like, like you can't uh, change who you have in the middle of the season. They – um, I mean, I wrote a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the, the younger guys who they might uh, give a little bit of run to 
as long as they can be, you know, uh, maintain the red shirt, things like that. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if at Oregon is the time to try that. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, like they, I mean, they can try different things. They can, um, they might get their starting uh, tight end back this week, Cooper Mathers. So I just think that, like, you know, you can try what you can try, um, but at a certain point, if you can't force the team, their the defense to respect your your run game, then I mean, you're kind of up a creek. Did Oregon State just get Washington State at the wrong time, or is was there something about that matchup in your mind that was was advantageous to the Cougars? Uh, I, I think at that point it was early enough in the season where what we know now about Wazoo's offense was not nearly as clear. Like I don't think that their offensive line had uh, kind of showed um, some of their weaknesses uh, in the run blocking game to the extent that we see them now. And so I just think it was a case of like you know that was their I mean, fourth game of the season, and you know they had and that was their first conference game, so they hadn't really showed uh, much of the playbook or kind of what you know they want to do to that point. So I think it was just a deal where like um, teams had not really figured out like how it could beat their offense, um, and so they still had that that um, whatever you want to call it maybe like a honeymoon phase of like hey like teams don't don't realize that if you just rush three and drop everybody else in coverage then. Um, then they can beat us. So I think like that was just early enough in the season where that was not clear, um, and and now it very much is clear. Obviously, <laughs> Greg Woods with us, Spokesman Review covers Washington State. Look, I I've talked a lot and written about the Pac-2 conference, what they're going to do next. It's going on in the background, Greg. And if we could just talk for a second about you know the future of Washington State and Oregon State here, I, I think it's really important that these programs pretty soon come out with what their plan is. Are they going to play as a two? If so, what does it look like? How important is it to player retention in your mind that Jake Dickert and to some extent Jonathan Smith look like they are sticking around, that that they will be part of the program? Do you have a sense if Washington State is talking contract extension or maybe ready to do something like that? Um, not to my knowledge. Uh, right now, Dickert is under contract through the 27 season. He signed a, a, a one-year extension back in January. So, um, to me, that would be like two extensions within, I mean, what, like 10 months. Um, so, I'm not sure if that is super realistic. Um, but the good news for them is that, like, they have not, like, lost any big-time recruits. I mean, I don't think anybody, to my knowledge, has decommitted or flipped um, ever since this whole thing kind of started over the summer and spring. So, and that's, I mean, truly a testament to, uh, you know, their coaching staff. I know there's a story in the athletic the other day about how they've just been able to retain their guys. And a lot of that is a credit to, to Jake, you know, being the head coach and uh, kind of instilling them, uh, you know, with a lot of confidence. And um, obviously, like, you know, he doesn't know what's going to happen. I mean, none of us really know the truth of what's going to happen yet, but I think it really is just a credit to those guys that they uh, um, have, than saying whatever they're saying. I mean, you know, I mean they're saying the right things, obviously. You know, to their, uh, you know, to their guys who they have uh, committed. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think it would be unrealistic. I mean, I, I'm definitely surprised a little bit that they haven't lost um, any of their guys. They've definitely lost the basketball pledge uh, earlier in the year, um, and he had said something to be effective, like, "Yeah, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable with the state of the league and kind of what's going to happen moving forward." Um, but in terms of the football, man, they really have, uh, you know, kept their guys committed. Um, so we'll have to see how that, you know, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of plays out. Yeah, and I think part of it, too, is in football, like, look at who Oregon State, Washington State are, are recruiting against. And 
You know, it's right. not largely Washington and Oregon, you know, and they're not competing over a lot of the same guys. Of course, they'd love to have some of those guys, but they're they're largely trying to get three-star guys and develop them and then retain them and not um and not have uh, you know, not have the thing hanging out in the background of like, hey, we don't know where we're going to go. So I I kind of get the sense, Greg, and people I'm talking with, that they will get some clarity here, certainly in front of December. They want that, but I think they're going to go even sooner with it. I wouldn't be surprised to see it in the next 10 days or so, see some some kind of clarity there. Greg Woods with us with the Spokesman Review covering Washington State. All right, how big would an upset of Oregon be to the narrative of this season for, for the Cougars? I mean, it would be enormous for sure. I, I don't, like... I have not even, like, thought too hard about that <laughs> because they're going to be, like, 20-point dogs in this game. I mean, it's, it's a pretty daunting task. But um, for sure, if they won, I think it would be um, a just a statement about their offense. And, I mean, if they win, it will be because they figured out how to solve this problem of, you know, not being able to run the ball. Um, and that would be probably the biggest turnaround of this season if, if they figure out a way to beat this. Uh, drop eight and less three scheme, um, and if they do that, like I said, they I mean their their offense is kind of back to where they were uh, you know earlier in the season. So I think that would be like the most meaningful uh, development that would come uh, out of a win over Oregon for sure. Um, obviously, I mean they they probably get back in the rankings. They uh, I mean I don't know if, you know how that would affect recruiting. Like hey you know we just walked into Austin and and beat these guys. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways that would definitely turn their season around for sure. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I think the biggest thing that that would mean for this team is their offense figured something out, whether it was running the ball, whether it was taking some more shorter, you know, underneath routes with, with Cam Ward, his, his receivers. Um, I think that would be the biggest development because it would mean that, you know, moving forward, um, they, they, they figured this out and they're not um, – you know, they're not you know, susceptible to, you know, such a simple, uh, you know, scheme for sure. Greg Woods, Spokesman Review. Greg, I will see you in the press box. Are you having fun on this season, or has it been stressful with the Pac-2 stuff going on uh, in the background of the football? Definitely a little stressful, but look, man, like, I, I I, feel so strongly about this. I cannot complain about this job, man. I mean, you and I get paid to watch, to, to watch sports. Right about yes. sports, talked about it. I'm like, come on, I mean, this is this is this is not real work. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is because you know because people care about it. But but man, like I I try not to complain ever because this is just such a you know sweet line of work that we're in. And uh, yeah, I cannot complain, man. Yeah, if I correct me if I'm wrong, you went to K State, Kansas State, is that right? That's right. Yep. All right. So how do you think? Like, give me an idea. Utah in the Big Twelve. Like, I I think Utah is going to go in there and just kick butt in that conference. Maybe, man. I I think that like I don't know. Like a lot of the uh, like I mean, I'm, I'm not to brag on my guys, but like I mean, the Cats K State defense has just been awesome. Um, and obviously, like without Cam Rising, they're a little bit of a different team. But I don't know, man. Like maybe I'm just like a Big Twelve homer, but I, <laughs> like I want to see it before before I can believe it. We'll see though. All right, Greg, I appreciate you, man. I will see you in the press box. That's Greg Woods from the Spokesman Review. He covers Washington State. I don't think Washington State can beat Oregon. I think if, even if Oregon has a bad day, I think Oregon, as long as they show up in some semblance, wins that game. But I'm really 
disappointed to see what has happened to the Washington State season. I had him penciled in for a win over UCLA. I had him penciled in for a win over Arizona. And they have just fallen off to the point in the last couple weeks that I'm slapping my forehead. But it wasn't the biggest shock of the weekend. The biggest shock of the weekend came on Friday night. I was driving up to Seattle. And I uh, am with uh, mainly the nine-year-old. She has taken the most interest in college football, so she'll be the one that will kind of, you know, kind of watch the game with me of the three daughters. And she knows that Stanford's not very good. And so we turn on the Stanford-Colorado game on Friday night when we got up to Seattle. Anna and the kids are with me, and we t- and we turn it on, and the nine-year-old is sitting with me, and she's really interested to see what the score is as we turn the game on in the early in the third quarter. It's 29 to nothing. And she says, Dad, just really disappointed with Stanford's offense. I thought, you know, they would score against Colorado. Like, she knows that. She's nine. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Like, I thought they would, I thought they would uh, have their way with Colorado. And she proceeded to watch Stanford go up and down the field. And by the time she was drifting off to sleep, Stanford was dancing around the field. W- winner of that football game, Stephen, how remarkable was it to see Stanford pull that off? Oh, it was crazy because uh, I was the same way. You know, I'm watching the first half, and it's 29-0, and I'm like, man, this is – I thought it would be closer. Like, I thought Stanford was going to put up a fight. I thought Stanford would be able to do some things offensively. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, I, I went and I recorded a podcast, and then I look at the, my phone after that, and I'm like, oh, Stanford's back in the game. I guess i got to go watch. So it was one of those things where – it turned out the way we thought it would be, right? Like, Stanford can play with Colorado, but I still didn't think they were going to win the game. Being down 29-0 to come back like that, just this crazy feat, and I think a big win. It just shows how good of a coach Troy Taylor was. I think I texted you that. Like, I I just love that hire of Troy Taylor. I think once he gets the right guys in there, that Stanford program could be good once again. I don't know how, how they're competing in the ACC, but I think that they uh, are going to be one of the really good programs again. I just think that guy can coach. Yeah, look, and after the game, he was very understated. I thought it was a really bad look by Colorado. Only a couple of the Colorado players went out onto the field to shake the hands of the Stanford players who just come back and beat them. Uh, you know, I, I watched video of it. I posted some video of it in today's piece at johnconzano.com if you want to watch it for yourself. But somebody said only one player went over to shake hands, and I watched the video. It was like three or four that went out and at least shook one Stanford player's hand. But a lot of the Colorado players, including Shador Sanders, are very disappointed in him, just turned and went to the locker room. A lot of finger-pointing down the stretch on the Colorado sideline. I thought it was a pretty interesting statement about the lack of unity. And maybe, like, I don't want to blame Coach Prime. I want to blame the portal. Like, he brought players through the portal. But I think sometimes... It's the same thing that plagued Oregon when Oregon was recruiting a bunch of players who liked the facilities and liked the locker room. They weren't necessarily recruiting guys that were grinders, right? And they were playing Oregon State late in the year that had Ryan Nall at running back. And I was like, okay, who's going to win that fight? You know, who's wearing the raincoats, right? You know, when we knew they we had them when they put the raincoats on, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think the Colorado transfer portal mentality also – has a me, 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 me mentality attached to it. And I just kind of wonder if Colorado will pull itself together here down the stretch or if they're about to splinter in a million pieces. What do you think happens 
to Colorado in the next couple weeks, Stephen, is, uh, you know, they line up and obviously they got a game uh, that they will play at UCLA in two weeks. And, you know, they're, I, I think they're off. Are they off this week? They're, maybe they have a bye this week and then they go. Uh, then they go to UCLA on October 28th. Yeah, it's it's a bye week this week, and then it's UCLA on the road. Then it's Oregon State, Arizona at home, Washington State, Utah on the road. I, I think it's a much needed bye week for Colorado. I mean, think about it this way, and I'm the biggest. I'm one of the bigger Colorado fans out there, John. It's it. These teams are taking it personal, right? Like after every play Stanford made on Stuart Sanders, everybody's throwing up their hand for the watch. Every single guy is. Every single person that wants to beat Colorado, and they made it that way. That's the way they want it. And you look at all of their games, they have had seven close games. I mean, the Nebraska game was, you know, it turned out to be a blowout, but that was a game into the second half that they had to try. They have played seven emotional, really tough games. It is a much-needed break, a much-needed bye week. I believe in Deion Sanders and what he's doing, so I think they're going to bounce back. I think they get to six wins somehow. I don't know where the wins are. But it's a much-needed bye week for this Colorado. I, I think that they could just be emotionally drained, and that's how it could be. And you know, as a guy who wants to see Colorado succeed, I'm hoping that's what happens. Yeah, and I, I look. I, I'm just going to be curious. Like, you're either a unifier or you're a divider. Like, there's just two kinds of people, you know. Um, so, I just kind of look at that and I go, "What is going to happen to Colorado here?" And Stanford was going at Travis Hunter. Like, they, it wasn't like they were throwing away and they found some weakness. No, Stanford was throwing at Colorado's best defensive back over and over and over again and it, then exploiting anybody else who got involved in a play, too, down the stretch. Like, credit to Stanford. It just kept playing. But you could see the expressions on the Colorado sideline. They were done. They couldn't stop them. And by the time Shador Sanders, like, you know, he made a bad throw and throwing the ball up for grabs in overtime. But I kind of get what he was doing. Like, he knew kicking a field goal wasn't going to get it done. He knew Stanford was going to score seven. And, and and in the end, he left Stanford with the opportunity just to kick a field goal. Uh, crazy stuff. Anna's popping into the studio. We'll have the five at five. We'll play some punch it audio. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the ball. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.